After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Baseball America podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk baseball. Welcome everyone to a Baseball America podcast. I'm John Manuel along with J.J. Cooper and Kyle Glazer. Thanks for tuning in. Our podcasts and our Facebook Lives are all sponsored by Baseballism. Baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball, offering apparel for men, women, and children. Shop Baseballism.com to receive 20% off. At Baseballism.com, enter the code BA2017 and get 20% off your order. So we thank Baseballism for their sponsorship all spring of the Baseball America podcast. And guys, uh, we thought we'd do this earlier, but the trades kept on coming even after the 4 o'clock trade deadline. So first off, thanks to you guys and also Josh Norris and Vince Lara for all your hard work on this trade deadline. And it was an active one. Why don't you guys pick from the three choices? I'll give you multiple choice. What was the most significant uh, happening of the day? Was it you Darvish to the Dodgers uh, for three players back to the Rangers? Was it the Houston Astros not making a trade? Or was it the uh, New York Yankees consummating the long-rumored Sunny Gray deal getting in from Oakland? You Darvish, by a long shot for me. This is a situation where the Dodgers really, 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 really did need to add a power right-hander to mix into that rotation, turn lineups around, and also help get them through the end of the regular season. Everyone's talking about, oh, the postseason, oh, the postseason. People forget, by the time they got to game three or four of the NLDS last year, they were out of starting pitchers. Guys were hurt. Guys were on innings limits. This is a team right now. McCarthy's back on the DL. Rich Hill, we all know he's going to go on the DL at any point. He's a he risk. He's 37. Scott Casimir is on the DL. Uh, Alex Wood, as good as he's been, has some health issues. This at, is something... at some point, you think he might turn back into a pumpkin. It's so, possible. I mean, for the, and Darvish is a Tommy John guy, 2015, so there's never any guarantees. But this guy, he's durable. He's still striking guys out. You know, when I was writing up the trade, I realized his strikeout rate is down, his walk rate is up, his hits per nine rate is up, and it's still all top ten in the American League. And now he's going to go to Dodger Stadium from Texas, where he's going to get a whole lot more help from the conditions pitching-wise. To me, this is the most impactful move made by the best team in baseball to help them. Not just It's not just about you, Darvish, what he's going to do from the postseason. It's for that entire rotation, keeping guys, you know, you know, not having to potentially risk, oh, crud, three <laughs> more guys are hurt. We're down to Clayton Kershaw, Kenley Jansen, and maybe one of Rich Hill slash Scott Kasmer in the postseason. No, you actually have more depth now, which you're going to need with this older rotation with a lot of injury issues. You can't ever have enough starting pitching. And, J.J., I guess I really hadn't thought about it, just how left-leaning the Dodgers' pitching staff is, especially the guys who are pitching healthy right now uh, without Kershaw. They're pretty much all left-handers, with the exception of Kenta Maeda. So a right-hander like Darvish really fits in very well. No, he does, and, and the reality is is. That's the only, I, I did see, I think there was almost an overreaction at the deadline because you had the three trades come in, Tony Watson, Tony Singrani, and then Darvish. Obviously, Darvish is huge. I wouldn't be stunned. I think Watson will make the postseason roster, but he'll pitch in very low-leverage situations unless he's better than he's been so far. And I wouldn't be stunned at all if Singrani didn't make the postseason roster. So, right. If he makes the postseason roster, it might be a shocker. Frankly. So, I mean, really, I do feel like that the Dodgers made one big trade today and then two moves. I don't mind them making them. Hey, maybe Singrani's better. Maybe Watson's better. You never know if that catch lightning in a bottle. But it was one massive move and then the, the two very minor moves. Their bullpen right now is in this interesting state where you've got Kelly Jansen, who's, you know, <laughs> on a pedestal. And will pitch 
All the time. All the time the for multiple innings. But this is still the best bullpen in the National League, and I think part of it is Grant Dayton going down. That's a value, you know, a good left-hander. He's got a that neck. was by far their – he and Luis Avalon are by, the only two lefties they've really right, used so at all Right, so now with Dayton getting hurt, uh, I believe it's a neck injury, you can bring in a Tony Watson. It just It's but, more depth. It helps. But the thing we just talked about is how left-handed their starting rotation is. The other thing is, is by adding a Darvish, you do not know. I mean, okay, Kershaw is going to be in the rotation if he's yes. healthy. Wood is going to be in the rotation if he's healthy. But, and once, if Darvish is healthy, then you do have some other options where you say, okay, mix and match. You know, maybe a Casimir, maybe a Rich Hill. You know, someone. I didn't right even know Casimir right was now, ever an Hill. option. I mean, Casimir yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, you talk about what does you Darvish do? It's not just him replacing, you know, who would be the number two. He's bumping out who would be your game four starter potentially in the NLCS. All of a sudden, you're in a lot better shape when you can go Kershaw, Darvish, Wood, Hill than when it was Kershaw, Wood, Hill, pick one of Casimir, McCarthy, Ryu, whoever's healthy. Yeah, I don't think Casimir was ever an option there. I mean, Kenta Maeda, Hunjin Yu. Hyunjin Yu at his best is better than Scott Casimir. He, but again, he probably it, he picks his teeth with Scott Casimir. But again, injury issues. It's just something where yeah, I he's the one who's actually is... pitching right now. But the, the X factors for me are these other relief pitchers for them: Pedro Baez, and then how about the carcass, not carcass, but the name from the past, Brandon Morrow, who's come out of their bullpen, Don Ahundo. I mean, that was a this number is three the overall pick. Supposed to have been in ten years ago. It, it finally happened. It is. It's just so crazy to me how the draft is just so. It's such a fascinating endeavor. A, this is why you take position players at the top of the draft. 2006, Evan Longoria was the third pick of that draft. But number one pick of the draft, Luke Kochaver. The only success he had in big leagues was, big leagues was as a reliever. Um, number two pick of the draft, uh, I'm already blanking. Was that, was that, was that Brad Reynolds? Lincoln? I think. Oh, it was Greg Reynolds. Never had much success. Um, but Andrew Miller, who was the top-ranked player in that draft. Lincecum, who's done. Brandon Morrow, who was the third pick of that draft. I mean, a four, third or fourth pick. It's just such a crazy draft how these guys' histories have gone. And Brandon Morrow, you know, he had like a game score of like around 100 for that one one hitter with 17 strikeouts he threw for the Blue Jays that one He'd year. Show so he show you some flashes. And he's flashing it now. If that guy is healthy for the Dodgers, I, I don't know if he's Hunter Strickland for, in a Dodger uniform or what, but I, I just got an email from a former long time ago, before either of you guys were around, Baseball America intern Matt Bowers, who works at the University of North Carolina, and he sends me this email every year at the draft at the trade deadline. What do we give up about the Dodgers? And he just like, it's been a long, all caps, lots of O's, thirty years. I think this is also. I'm just. I think it's a contrast between the Dodgers and the Astros. These are two very analytically inclined organizations, very smart, and by far the best records in their two leagues. Neither team has desperation for this year, but a little desperation to win. The Astros have never won a World Series. And the Dodgers, you know, the, the prices came down, according to Jeff Luno, when he told the Houston media, but the prices were very high early. I think we're thinking of the Jose Quintana deal. The prices came down, but the Dodgers able to get a guy in Yu Darvish. The Yankees able to get a guy in Sonny Gray. The Astros could have used either of those guys, uh, JJ. They weren't able to make a deal either for a significant reliever. I know they did get a reliever. Or for a significant starting pitcher. So I, I, I that think was what I was going to answer was is that to me the significance now it's not done yet because there's still a non waiver there's still a non waiver deadline and you still could get a Jolie's Chassin. That's <laughs> spoken like a true Angels fan. Justin He's Verlander. a pod right now. Justin Verlander and his twenty eight right. million dollars could certainly skate through. So it's not something where you say there is no hope, but it is surprising to me because he says the prices are high. The part of the Astros team to me, the lineup, no need to really tinker. I would no. say beyond reproach. And that I mean, is a even, well constructed right lineup. Now, but but you assume Correa will be healthy, all that, they're fine. You do not need Derek Fisher. They've actually upgraded because I do think that Derek Fisher is greater than Aoki, you know. I'm with you on that one. Yes. So, so they've upgraded there. But here's the starting their ro- rotation, could you use someone? But but when you get to the bullpen... Here's their rotation, JJ, for the next five days with Lance McCullers Jr. on the DL. On the DL. Charlie Morton, Mike Fires, Dallas Keuchel, Colin McHugh, Brad Peacock. I mean, I'm sorry. I know those guys, other than Keuchel, all have had their moments. But I would take like the Dodgers' fifth or sixth starter 
over their number two in a lot of those cases. And yeah. it, it's fair. I do think it's it's something where I wonder if just because of in, inter division stuff, the Rangers were gonna have oh, a no. higher price tag sure. to the Astros yeah, than Darvish. Darvish is not Darvish is, um, but you do say like Sonny Gray. The guy also who inter division. I, I thought Lance Lynn was gonna be the guy. I understand the mission control, all those issues, but at bottom, this is Mo and Jeff Luno. These two guys know each other. They go way back. The Cardinals are kind of out of it. Uh, Jeff Luno drafted Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn is fully back from his Tommy John. He looks good. And Lance Lynn's been money in the postseason a lot for the for the Cardinals. Not all the time, but he's he's not going to be awed by the moment. He is a how he even put up himself the other day. He's just it's part of his arrogance. You know he's got necessary arrogance. I kind of like that guy. I used to I was totally wrong about Lance Lynn as an amateur. I thought he was soft. He's the opposite of it. He would have fit perfectly for the Astros. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised the Astros didn't make a move, JJ, but we don't know what the potential price was. But the other thing is is that when you say the price was high, the price was high for that that front rotation starter. Yeah. The price for relievers is dirt cheap. It's, yeah, everything must go. It is. Rental relievers were uh, were, were on the the sale clearance rack. David Hernandez. Or Justin Wilson. Addison Reed today. Yeah. The Astros have enough prospect depth that they could have made an equivalent offer on Addison Reed, and it would not have really hindered them in any way going forward. They have a lot of prospect depth. They did not parlay it today. The Verlander thing, though, that's got the wheels moving in my head. That makes but, that would be a trade that would make sense in I my mind. I will say this is also though does fit the Astros' mo is twenty eight million. They are never worrying about winning the day. It's all about, you know, the long-term process and all that. But to me, when you are that close, and when we've seen that the costs to make, yes, not major, but minor upgrades is essentially nothing. Right. You know, that to me, I I just, I'm surprised they did not do that. Francisco Liriano, you know, Teoscar Hernandez, considering the price relievers, Teoscar Hernandez was a high price. Was a high price, especially when you consider that what Liriano's making. I mean, these other guys that we're talking about, those deals are something where you're picking up much smaller contracts than what I kind of was a little surprised by the cost of Liriano, considering how much he's already made. They paid more for Liriano than the Red Sox had to pay for Addison Reed, which is surprising. Yeah, because Francisco Liriano last year, like the Pirates had to like put into quote unquote prospects. And Reese McGuire and I forget Harold the, Ramirez. Uh, Harold Ramirez, both of whom received very negative reviews when did the midseason and, update and, for the Jays and, this year. And Drew Hutchinson's still holding Triple A, right? Not, you know, he's right. Not big and, and and so Liriano and he had a little hot streak. He's hot and cold. He's always been. He was a playoff pitcher for the uh, Blue Jays. For the Blue Jays, and he's not even slated to start for Houston. They're talking about him as a relief pitcher Which only. Which actually, hey, I, that actually is that makes creative some, thinking. Yeah, in that. I think he has a chance. If he buys in, he could be really good in that role so because I, he has the stuff to do that. So I said I, I felt like the Dodgers was the biggest storyline. Seems like JJ, you're thinking on a little more. The Astros not making was the biggest storyline. John, are you biting on the Yankees and Gray, or do you think no, the other two are bigger? No, I think the Astros one uh, was bigger because to me, I thought the Astros would come into the year with Chris Davinsky as one of their starters, but he's been so valuable in the bullpen. They can't do it. So the Astros have kind of turned into like this college team in a way where like, do I use Davinsky three or four times in a playoff series in relief, or do I use him twice as a starter? And I think they've chosen, let's use him in relief. They're keeping him in relief, and he's so valuable. I mean, it's so cool. The changeup of death has become this big league, like, ultimate the, the weapon. circle of death. Uh, yeah, well, he was changeup of death when he was in the AAA championship game. But, it, I mean, it's a deathly changeup. And it's, uh, so it's really, I mean, he's such a great story, and he was a neat dude, and uh, I'm, I'm happy for his success. But he's vital. He's, like, the third most important pitcher on that team right now, if not second. I mean, I, I saw, but I do agree with Tom Verducci. Uh, and obviously he didn't tweet this because he doesn't tweet, but he was on MLB Network today, and someone else tweeted it for him. Dallas Keuchel is like the most important pitcher in baseball right now. Maybe the single most important player in baseball. If he's not healthy, you can't even see the Astros like, you know, winning one playoff series at the mention three. 
Um, they could because again they certainly could because their offense is really good. You're right. He beats you over the games. head. Yeah. Ten, ten to eight games. And again, Davinsky. I take four and a half hours. And Davinsky uh, throws you know something like fifteen he, innings out of the pen. He, yeah, it's it, there's no question. I think you know I think we can all agree the Astros did not make significant improvements. The Dodgers did. You know I think the Yankees did. I will say, I, I the Dodgers Darvish deal. You know, give up one really good prospect, and it works for them. Really he's gonna go. He's gonna go hit, and two other guys. Who, there's something there. Now, are they studs? No, but there's something there. I look at the Yankees deal. It's AJ Alexi and Brandon Davis, correct? So right. Brandon Davis, another another Lakewood high guy. Yeah. Uh, so should I bag on Lakewood high? All the no. Phillies fans think I hate JP Crawford. No. So, uh, which is, uh, I like Brandon Davis. I like him as a long-term play because it's he's gonna be one of these guys who's gonna be totally different guy. You hope. Now that he was when he was drafted out of high school, because it's long leverage, it's power. It's not. Right. He's not a. He's not a future shortstop I, for me. AJ Alexi sounds interesting. JJ. Well, he's he's one of the better pitching prospects in the Dodgers organization. Now, when you say one of the better, it is they have options. you have the you have Bueller and all at the top. Then you have a drop, and then you have a drop, and Alexi's in. You know, Alexi is a promising low A pitcher. That which, is which, as we've learned. Is a really poor demographic for trade. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> like Again, even worse than you think it is. One of the things <laughs> that you have to remember in all this is is that the moment that might be my that might be my, that may be my car. That was JJ's. Awesome. Well, what am I? Well, uh, we don't know whose car that was. But, but, I don't think our no, podcast but, ever has been interrupted but, by but a car. But no, the point being is is that once you get out of the top hundred prospects, like a guy who's a top hundred prospect. Yeah. The, the, the failure rate is, is very high. And when we're talking about these deals, really what you're talking about is, is Willie Calhoun, back of the 100, but top 100 prospect, can really hit, doesn't have much of a position. Perfect for the American League. Make him redeemed right now. Yes. Which, by the way, I do believe will make him the shortest. If he becomes an everyday DH, he'll be the shortest <laughs> everyday DH. I would imagine so. I mean, he's he'll be the shortest Brand just down, about anything. Isn't know, he 5'7"? 5'8". Listed 5'8". He's but, small. Which, which, again, limits him position-wise. He can't play first base because no one ever has played a five-foot-eight first baseman. But, yeah. So you got that. And then you have in this in the Yankees trade, you have the A's getting guys who are not, I would say, current top hundreds, but there are circumstances that are part of that. There's a All sheen of top hundredy around both De- Dustin Fowler and James Caprillion. And Jorge Mateo. And then Jorge Mateo is a former a, top hundred guy. He was a preseason top hundred guy. So you have all that there. But the thing that jumps out to me about Mateo, and I do feel like, I don't want to personalize it too much, but that Mateo is the guy that Yankees fans have wanted to trade. Right. That's like, they want, that is the guy when you see all these fans propose trades, and they always propose them. Like, Mateo, right. blank and blank. And the reason they're doing <laughs> that is... But they is, think Mateo is the number one. And we, we talked about this on our podcast. If you're going to trade Mateo, he's not going to be your number one prospect in the deal. He's got to be your three. And, and he was. He is the three but, in this deal. But That's the right. thing I would say is, is about that is, is, if we were talking about Jorge Mateo on June 15th and suggested in any way that Jorge Mateo would be a key part of a trade like this, people would, we would have laughed about it. Because what I really, my point of that is, is it's been a great month he's had in AA. Right. A great month. The previous year and a half. That does away the fact that if you go from April 1st, 2016 to June 30th, 2017, you would have a player who has produced at a pretty mediocre level in high A. Not to mention a, sus- a, sus- a suspension for uh, for attitude issues. Yes. I, I think for me, you're going to laugh. When I look at this deal, Mateo's almost like, yeah, whatever to me. To me, he, what's fascinating is the Fowler-Caprillion aspect. Two guys we know are talented, have the stuff. Yep. It's serious injuries. You know, Caprillion, Tommy John, people assume way too frequently, oh, Tommy John's, you know, everyone comes back from it. No, they don't. They right. just pay attention to the success stories that do. You know, in fact, John Lamb says, ah. Brady, Brady Aiken says, yeah. I yeah. Mean, uh, Max Fried says, I many mean, of them say. So I, I think for, for me, you know, I gotta, I gotta be honest, I'm wondering what the A's are doing a little bit in the sense that with Sonny Gray, yes, there's health issues, but he's young, you still control him. You, I, you, if all you can do is two injury, serious injury lottery tickets and a third guy that may not actually be very good. 
I'd rather keep them and build around them or hold them until the winter where we've seen better deals come up again and again and again. That was a surprising part is that the uh, Athletics really got that, that Jorge Mateo is the best now uh, return they got on Sunday Gray because Dustin Fowler and James Caprillion are both iffy. So I actually think in some ways, even though Darvish is a rental, I, I agree with you, JJ, Darvish is a rental, Gray has a year plus of control, now, it sounds like Gray's not throwing the curveball as often, but the changeup has really come on for him. But at the same, but it almost feels like the Dodgers gave up more and the Rangers got more for Darvish from L.A. than the Yankees gave up from Oakland. It really does feel like Brian Cashman, 18 years into it or 20 years into it, has got the hang of this the last couple of years, uh, selling and then trading the prospects. He hasn't really given up. He's protected his core guys Which is how while you do it. adding keep, guys. Keep you know, so it's it's been kind of a master class. Right. If you, when it's all said and done, they have vastly improved their big league club this year. And they have done it while holding on to not just Clint Frazier, who's had a great start you know, so far in the big league level, but Florial as well. You know, they've, again, they traded away Rutherford, but again, having Florial means trading away Rutherford is something that you can handle. And then you look at this deal and you say, there was no one involved in this deal who the Yankees were depending on in 2017 or 2018 or really 2019. Because Jorge Mateo does not really fit in the Yankees' long-term plans. To me, he's, again, I made this comp earlier, it's a little bit different tools, but it's a very similar, like, Eduardo Nunez kind of career path. Eduardo Nunez blew up, I think it was actually in short season ball, um, wound up becoming an everyday third baseman, which is really weird, but still as a, as a va- versatile. And he was one of these guys who was traded for prospects this weekend as well to the Red Sox to kind of become their everyday third baseman. Maybe we'll see. Eduardo Nunez versus uh, Rafael Devers. We'll see how that. We'll see how that goes. But to to me, uh, he Eduardo Nunez wound up being an an, an all star as an everyday player, which was again stunning. But it was like nine years after. He first emerges as a prospect. I think Mateo winds up being a multi-positional guy who in his best year might be a good second division regular, but I think he's really his best value is as a, uh, you know, not as an everyday player, as a multi-positional guy. And I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I'm Oakland, if I'm an A's fan, how do, you, how, how do they still have fans? And look, we need to be blunt, right? The Oakland Athletics, the trades that they have made at the professional le- at the major league level for the past three years now have been... I haven't worked. At best, questionable. At worst, what were you thinking? Yeah, some and, of them, and, and there hasn't been one that you look back on and say, this worked to make them better short-term when they were a playoff team in 2014 and 13, and since then to help their rebuild. So now they're in a total teardown. And I, I don't know that this is – and this could work, but it just seems oh, strange that no, they didn't get – one. if, if they one. recover from injuries, great. But, again, it comes down to – We've seen this again and again and again. But, Relying on oh, he'll be back from this major surgery is generally if it you have to go if it happens great. Assuming it will happen is a mistake. Right. This is basically they to use a blackjack now. They split and then they split again, and we're going if this works out, it's really going to pay off. But the reality is, is Dustin Fowler. One of the things that made Dustin Fowler who he was is his athleticism. Right. And you do worry that's a pretty serious injury that he's coming back from. Correct. I mean, he was not a guy with true pluses. It's all 55s. Maybe he was getting to a plus. I still wouldn't give... I, I, I don't know if a scout would give him a plus hit or not because he hit for average. He never drew a lot of walks, but that doesn't seem like he gets factored into the, the hit grade. But as far as a productive player, I thought of him as a guy with a, who has a lot of 55s, not a true plus, and a knee injury like that. That could be significant. And Could knock him down a little bit. And Caprillion, I know he's pitched in the AFL, but Caprillion has thrown less than 30 pro innings. Now, those right. 30 Besides innings, the fall league. those 29 innings have been really good at times. But it's been, this is over three seasons. Right. This is something where you do not have a track record of, he was, a, he was his durability in college was fine. But and it, you don't, so I was going to ask you, so does he fall into the Dylan Bundy Jamison Tyone bucket of where JJ says we need to give it. You can't write off these guys who missed two years. Like Max Fried missed two years, came back very well last year, has been poor this year. 
Where does uh, Caprillion fall in that continuum for you guys? I mean, you're going to have to wait on him. And the other thing with Bundy that people forget is he had to reinvent himself. He used to throw 100. Now he averages 92, touches 95, was able to kind of reinvent, okay, this is how I he can be successful. He throws a lot of sliders. Right. A lot. And so, so, so coming into it and expecting this guy will come back with the exact same stuff, Again, you can hope it. Going in with the assumption is a mistake. I bet, I'm sure the A's aren't assuming he's going to come back with the exact same stuff. But, I mean, like, if they must have evaluated Yankees' pitching prospects and thought this was the one that was most attractive that they could get. Right. And I'm a little bit surprised the Yankees gave him up in a way because the way they talked him up pre-injury. Um, and well, they do have pitching depth. But, they well, also, but again, now this, this is what this does, though, is it's with Gray under control. All of a sudden, the Yankees, who a couple of years ago, you looked at their rotation and he said, who's going to be in this rotation in a couple right. of years? Now at least Gray and Severino are two young, youngish Montgomery. building blocks. And Jordan Montgomery's the third guy. Chance who's, Adams is coming. Yeah, so they're, they yes. have a now. And you don't have – all the eggs aren't in the Tanaka basket, which right. they were a couple of years so ago. Let me ask you also with that. You brought up Chance I wonder what's Adams. in the Tanaka basket. You brought up Chance Adams. Clearly, I think we can safely say – you would rather, if you're the A's, have had Floreal to Fowler. You know, I, I think because you would take, I know he's further away. Probably, yes. But you take the upside. guy, the upside and the healthy guy. The upside play and the guy who can walk. Chance Adams versus Caprillion. I'm taking Chance Adams. I'm taking, I'm taking Chance Adams, the health. I mean, that's, that's what, that's what I'm saying is, is that Should I Yankees, go all full ABBA and t- I would take a chance? Take a no, chance. No, please don't. But look, overall, I think I think we can agree. The Yankees have done well for themselves. They added a frontline arm. How about this master, this master stroke? Just a little thrown in there. Oh, we need forty man space. Hey, Baltimore, you got any international bonus money? The answer to that you is wanna... always. The answer to that is always yes. How much do you need? We'll take your Jeffrey yeah. Ramirez off your hands for international bonus money that we'll never use. I mean, it's just which, by the way, it's unbelievable. Do, do say this for the Orioles. This is great for them. In some way, in that I'm not saying that they should do this because yeah. I would recommend that you spend money internationally, not two hundred and sixty thousand dollars, which is what they spent last year. And don't forget, that said, I think it's either I think it's Ofelki Peralta who still has the Dominican signing bonus record for the Orioles at three hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's the record. They could stay in the penalty box and spend what they normally spend. But that being said, at least now. Because before these, the CBA came along and all, and you could trade international space, the Orioles used to not spend any money internationally, and all they could do is say, we don't spend any money internationally. Yes. Now, there are any Koreans that we can launder some now money they through? they can trade $250,000 trucks here and there and there it's, and there and there. It's amazing. I, I also love looking at Oakland, uh, to, to go back to them. They're, this is a really, I don't see where the future is here. No, the, look, that's, the that's the real issue really, I have here. Really, changing. really bad shape, and there's no oh, way around your, it. Oh, you've, you've, you've made no your you've made your you've made your opinions very clear on that. So, I mean, like, but they don't even have like building blocks. I mean, they've traded Sean. I mean, they were going to be good this year. They they traded Sean Doolittle. They traded Sonny Gray. I'm a little surprised they still have Yonder Alonso. Like, what's the point? Or Chris Davis? If you're going to tear it down, burn but, but that mf or down. But you this know, is the crazy the crazy thing that has happened is is no. When we're talking about today's trade deadline, no significant bat. No significant Yeah, there were two hitters traded today. The hitters who've been traded cleared the decks. Let's get the hitters out of the way. We'll set the pitchers for the deadline. That was really a remarkable. best haul that someone got for a bat in this trade deadline? Do you prefer the Melky Cabrera haul to the J.D. Martinez haul? I'll take the J.D. Martinez. Dawell Lugo over A.J. Puckett. But if Dawell Lugo... Wow. Is the best prospect that changes hands. I, I like how you said it. Like, I mean, you look at the Duda trade. That Duda to, to, to me, to me, that is the best trade of the trade deadline from the perspective of what team added impact to their big league roster without giving up anything that could possibly hurt them. You don't think Drew Two Smith's going to come back to bite them? No. Okay, if Drew <laughs> Smith comes in... How about, how about Tim Beckham getting traded? The Rays made... Great moves, I thought. They were around the margins. And so, and, this, and this is this is the next one. Everyone today is going to be talking about the Dodgers. Everyone's going to talk about the Yankees. Everyone's going to be talking about what the Astros didn't do or what the A's didn't do, and that's all fine. Those are the headliners. To me, from July 1 to July 31, the playoff contenders in all of baseball that made the most of the trade deadline and got better were the Tampa Bay Rays 1 and the Kansas City Royals 2. I, I love the Royals deal, J.J., because... 
if you're going to be all in, again, we talked about it in the offseason, like with the Marlins, if you don't have prospects, just trade the ones you have, although I, I wonder if they're going to regret Luis Castillo, who shoved oh. it up their tail, fe- tail fin last night um, for eight innings at 98 against the guy that he was traded for, Dan Straley, who I'm, sur- I'm just shocked that, the, that he's still a Marlin. Why is look, he still look, a Marlin? Let's just be clear. Let's just be clear. The Marlins, nothing could happen better for the Marlin fan out there. Um, there may be two. I know there's Marlin man. I don't know if there's another. But, but <laughs> There's nothing, substitute Marlin man. But nothing could go better than once the sale happens because you are talking about a, 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 an organization, a team that I feel like is kind of stuck in some sort of Stuck in the stasis. middle. That's for but, sure. But you do look at it like, no, the, the Royals the Royals are going for it. And this is the perfect year to go for it. If your choices are go for it and you're going to give up because A.J. Puckett, Andre Davis. Not game changers. Well, look, let's, let's, the Royals added a perfectly good starting pitcher in Trevor Cahill. Trevor Cahill. Two impact bullpen guys in Brandon Mauer and Ryan Buckner. Now, Mauer's had some struggles this year, but he's picked it up recently. An, a left field upgrade in Melky Cabrera. Upgrade. All four, all four, of all the guys we named, uh, for essentially they gave up an overpaid guy in uh, Travis Wood. Oh, they're paying salary. They're paying salary. An injury, an injured guy in Matt Strong. Oh, well, like you know, uh, yeah. you like yeah. him, but he's not pitching. And so. Brackish Ruiz, <laughs> so. who, who might end up working Ruiz, out, but it yeah. will be we, we five years. We mispronounced his name as Estuary Ruiz. So. Six years. So you have added four significant major upgrades to your team, and you yeah, have given muscle. up at. I mean, again, injured guy, overpaid guy, rookie ball guy. They they gave up less. Back in the rotation guy at best, AJ Puckett. They gave yeah. up less and gained more than but any team in baseball, throw, aside I, from maybe the Rays. I got to throw one other in there though. Is is that the Diamondbacks, which the Diamondbacks don't have a great farm system, but right. When we talk about how cheap bats are, JD Martinez was cheap. JD Martinez. They acquired JD Martinez for a very modest cost, and JD Martinez. Is the best bat that was traded. I mean, I don't think there's any. Yeah, him or Melky. I mean, I, mean, I, I, I don't think it's close there. I think no, that J.D. Martinez, Martinez is vastly superior to Melky Cabrera. Uh, J.D. Martinez is a 550 slugger for his entire Detroit career. Like, yeah. I mean, it's not I'm, like a year. It now is, it goes to Arizona where the ball flies. Right, but he's also like a low average guy, and he's not around Miguel Cabrera every day. And Miguel Cabrera rubbed off on that He'll guy in a big way. We'll have Paul Goldschmidt we'll with see. him and AJ Pollock. We'll just he, see. He's not going to be lacking for lineup. I, I, I like JD Martinez. Uh, he's he's like five he, homers in his first twelve hits or something. Yeah, like they, that's it. And they have like twelve hits. <laughs> he, he's he, he'll be fine. He can really, really hit. I like JD Martinez, so, so but I do like Melky Cabrera. I mean, he fits exactly, unfortunately, exactly what the Royals need is what Alex Gordon used to be, but he's now the ghost of Alex Gordon, apparently. He's, like, really good at blowing bubbles when he dives for catches in foul territory, but he can't hit anymore. It's inexplicable that he's just totally falling apart. I mean, what happened? Is there, has, has anyone written? I haven't seen this. Has anyone written why this guy became a sub-600 OPS guy? Guys, The yeah. moment he signed his big contract? I don't think it's because Alex Gordon doesn't care anymore. He's obviously cares, but... It's guys, just it's guys, cr- guys get old and skills deteriorate. But different people. But he didn't deteriorate. Ages. He just he just fell off the map. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, so that's the thing. They have to that bench Alex Gordon yes. in my mind because Jorge Bonifacio has been nice in right field for mm-hmm. them. No, that's that's that, you're gonna have to platoon something here. There's no Gordon goes on the bench and you figure everyone else out. I, I that's gonna be tough. I but I like the Milkman for their fit. Another line drive bat. That's just how they're constructed. It's like relentless lineup, and then there's. Uh, Alcides Escobar, but he'll burn you in the playoffs. <laughs> but I mean, like the, the, the Royals, the Royals made all these moves. The the Indians didn't. Joe Smith to help their bullpen. Are you guys surprised that Cleveland didn't make any other upgrades? You know, their team. I I think a lot of their upgrades have come from within. I mean, what Bradley Zimmer has done for them in center yeah. field is more. He's impact- the new Tyler Naquin. That's more <laughs> impactful. Than anything that was out there on the trade Look market. Look at you using you know, impactful all the time. I'm impressed. Way to go. Andy Green rubbed off on me. What can I say? Actually, he was more impacted the ball. I'm using the word impactful. I'm changing the way I'm using it. But no, it's something where I think that the Indians, and you look at it again, the Indians have the best bullpen in the American League. Their rotation, you know, is they're really starting around to form. They're playing their best ball. That's a team I can look at and say, was there a giant hole there? I think it was just some of their guys needed to start playing better, and right. they have. 
Right. And, and I think for them, I'm not of all the teams I look at and say, man, they really should have done something more. They're not really on my radar. What they're about, a good team that's getting better. But what about another one that's interesting to me is is the Brewers from the standpoint mm-hmm. of at this time last year the Brewers were still in full sell mode. I just I mean again this selling at the right time. Yes. Okay. We're going to trade LaCroix to the Indians for Francisco Mejia, Greg, you know, Greg uh, Allen, uh, Yu Chang Chang. Hey, this is a great deal. Right. Oh, it was turned down. Blocked. Okay, turn around. Okay, we're going to trade him to the Rangers with Jeremy Jeffress for Louis Brinson and Luis Ortiz and Ryan Cordell. And now you sit here. On the one firm, Cordell and Cordell. One year later, you see LaCroix traded by the Rangers, who's. Basically, the value of Lucroy fell off the table after. Yeah, that, that was like I mean, that was basically his stock fell faster than Anthony Scaramucci's. But so you have that, hey, and then you have the Brewers get Jeffress back in a deal where they trade a Double A reliever who's walking five per nine, right? Who has been an indie ball and who is generally Taylor Scott. Nice, You're talking about Taylor a, Scott, right? A nice word ball, a nice word player. So basically, they sold at the perfect time. Absolutely. And then... Got a great return for it, because Brinson's playing everyday center field for them right now, looking bounce. I mean, like, you would not trade Lewis Brinson straight up for everyone else in that field <laughs> yeah, right Exactly. And that's... But I'm saying, talk about doing this the right way, and then now they're here... And they slipped Cordell for Anthony Swarzak, um, yeah. with a nice middle relief piece. So they haven't totally conceded... The NL Central to the Cubs yet. No, they're, they're doing sense. some good things. I think one of the things with the Brewers that made it tricky, because you remember everyone was saw, oh, they're, they're going to be a contender for Gray, yada, yada. One of the things that made it tricky is a lot of their big prospects have really not performed and are not looking that good. So Brinson, yes, but you want him in the big leagues. And Hayter, Hayter, right in the Hayter yes. But in the you, right now you need him in the big leagues. You know, Luis Ortiz has done great in Double A, but you're not going to move him because he's your number one starting. And you've seen a lot of Carolina. So then you go, okay, Corey Ray, Lucas Ursig, Trent Clark, Jake Gatewood, Monty Harrison, and look, Gatewood's done some good things. Monty Harrison's actually had a nice season, got promoted, finally staying healthy. But the way that Clark and Ray and Diaz are performing, that's not going to get you Sonny Gray. And I think that's part of it. The Brewers made the calculation. You know, they They would have been buying low with their, their their prospects were not. Really at a point where they were they were able to so, sell. So the, 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 the real problem they have the prospects to do it, but the problem is is that you'd be trading the guys that you don't want to trade, and the reality is is I think the Brewers did a smart thing here in that they're in it, and they've made moves because they're in it, but they've done nothing here. They are all well aware right. they're ahead of schedule. Right. They didn't blow it up. It would have been very interesting to see if the Brewers were out of it. Would Ryan Braun been one of the big bats? Traded at this time of year, but of course, maybe, and that might have been part of their plan coming into this year. But they're so far ahead of schedule. I mean, they have and they've been contending all year, been in first place most of the year. Um, anybody, anything that the Nationals did that uh, they, they got Brandon Kitzler late, correct? And they already had Sean Doolittle, yeah. and they had Ryan Madsen. Suddenly, they have three guys who've closed out games. I'm not sure that any of those guys is the guy because Sean Doolittle has had multiple injuries, hasn't been great this year. Kinsler was an all-star, but he's really more of like your eighth-inning guy. Ryan Madsen was a great guy three years ago. So, yeah, he usually has one good year. The next year, not so good. Gets hurt for two years, comes back. Three years. Missed three full years. Was it 12, 13, 13, 14. Let me ask you. Okay. Guys who are traded, would you rather have – is there one of those guys you'd prefer to have to Addison Reed? Yeah, I'd rather have Sean Doolittle than Addison okay. Reed. Uh, Sean Doolittle at his best has been better than Addison Reed's been. Yeah. But I'd rather have Addison Reed than Kitzler or Madsen. I agree with you there. I mean, I, mean, I think the Nats, they, they made some good moves. They did it without surrendering any of their big guys. You know, would, would have been nice of them to grab Addison Reed? Yes. But again, you have to wonder, is there a premium price on them since it's in your division? Right. I, I'm just saying, like, there have been a lot of, there have been a lot of, would you rather them? I'm kind of surprised that they weren't the team out there that, say, made a deal for Brad Hand. I know Hand didn't get traded, but... Where you say, okay, I, I do worry. Like, if I look at the Nationals, you say, okay, you clearly are inferior to the Dodgers. That means you can't win a series, but you are, you come into it knowing you're going to be the underdog. And you know. Are, are they that yes. clearly inferior? Yes. They're yes. number one in the National League and run score. It is a very potent but, lineup. But, but yeah, it's say, a better lineup than the Dodgers lineup. 
It's a better lineup. I, I would not, disagree. No, not, really, especially, yeah. especially not with a lot of the guys with some of the health issues you have right now. Not, no way. The Dodgers right now are firing on all cylinders. You look at what eleven right. of the top thirteen. No guys way. But I, 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 I'm not going to say no way. Not when the middle of this order, even with the Dodgers. I mean, they matched up in the playoffs last year. To beat the Nationals, you have to get through Daniel Murphy. The the totally resuscitated Ryan Zimmerman. No. And no, Ryan Zimmerman is that flatlined again on the uh, table. Check what he's done for the last two months. I'll check what he's and you still have Bryce Harper and Anthony Rendon. No, you it's, have it's four fantastic. really really ta- good I'll, hitters. But I'll also take who the Dodgers throwing out seven or six, seven eight and one two over who the Nationals are. Especially you know well, it'd be different if it, it was Adam Eaton and Trey Turner were healthy. Right, but Trey Turner's gonna be healthy. He's gonna he's gonna come back. He's gonna be fine. He's Trey Turner. I have I have the utmost confidence in Trey I, Turner. I, I will say I, I like the Nationals lineup pretty good. I'm not conceding no, that I, they're not even close to the Dodgers. They've they've been the best line offense in the National League not, not you, all year. No, this they, is the they, best. They, they score more runs, but you look at where the Dodgers park is, and that plays a part in that too. Like if you look at it, the Nationals don't play like in in Wrigley Field with I, the wind I, blowing. I, I think overall, though, we can agree that the Dodgers are a better team than the Nationals. And the yeah, Nationals I didn't say they aren't. And, and so I think for them, but, you talk about Brad Hand. I mean. You know, I just got the conference call with AJ Preller from media, and you know, one of the things they talked about is, you know, I feel like he's a guy with he's making a million dollars. It's two and a half more years of team control. You look at what he's done; it's comparable to every elite left-hander in the game. You know, if the Nats weren't going to give up, pick your favorite of Juan Soto and Victor Robles, and you could argue they shouldn't have. It was pretty clear they the pod, have. right? And the Padres weren't going to move a guy for anything less than that, and that's their prerogative. So, again, you can talk about the Nationals but, wanting to, but. Again, what's the I don't say they shouldn't have, though. The thing about it is, is that, and maybe I'm wrong here. Maybe I'm being too aggressive about it. I look at the Nationals more than any of these other teams. The Dodgers, if you say the Dodgers do not look at this right now as a window, I can understand that. Because, as you know, they've got Kershaw locked up if he stays healthy. They've well, got Bellinger. Out. But they've got Seager. But also, even if he opts out... I just like don't see. I don't see Brad Hand as the difference maker. No, saying, that's all I'm saying. So but, that's why I wouldn't. But my concern is, is when I look at the Nationals, is that again, say you face the, the Dodgers in the playoffs, you just talked about it. the problem is, is that you get to the eighth inning in that series, and the Dodgers have a guy who you really feel like we hopefully we're gonna get this in the tenth, you know, if it's tied because Kenley Jansen's that right. Good. And see, I it's do not, not feel Jan- like the Nationals. It's not just Jansen. The Dodgers have the best bullpen in national in the National League, and it's the Nationals' bullpen is a, is a disaster. I, I'm not trying. To, I, I completely understand that. I, I, you guys were just talking about the the, right. the but Astros, I think it's gotten but you guys were talking about the Astros lineup. Yes, the, it's gotten. The they've improved their bullpen, and the Nationals are similar. They're not as perfectly built right. as the Astros' offense, but it's the National League's best offense. It just is. Okay, so he's so Ryan Zimmerman not, doesn't have an 1100 OPS like he did, or 1300 in April. It's still 900, 790, and 750. He's not falling off a cliff. He's come back to some reality, but he's not a useless player. This is, and, and we all know, I, as good as Clayton Kershaw is, if there was one other pitcher in Major League Baseball you'd want to go head to head with him, it'd be Max, Max freaking Scherzer. Scherzer. Absolutely. And and so yeah. so and Gio Gonzalez. This team does not. I, I don't. I, I the Dodgers are the best team. The Nationals don't take a backseat to anyone else in the National League, and in a short series, anything can happen. Now the problem is their bullpen is a hot mess, but they made it better. They made and it, they made and it better. I don't think Brad Hand. I would not give up Soto or Robles. If you think those guys are first division regulars, which we do, I would not give up a first division regular for a guy who is not that Kenley Jansen kind of level. And who were the relievers out there who were at that level? They just weren't. You could argue Zach Britton. But that would but that would be that the would, argument. That's a good argument. And they're saying we'll trade you Zach Britton, and you're gonna have to fold in our mass and uh, rights dispute. <laughs> and it sounded like the, it's, <laughs> it sounded like the Astros were the team that made the hardest push on Zach Britton, and weren't able to make that that breakthrough. And that would have been a really interesting acquisition I, I, for the for the uh, for anybody, but obviously for so, Houston. So I've never, I've said that I feel like the Royals and Rays who added. Five bullpen pieces and a first baseman with a 900 OPS who just went to Yankee Stadium and made the Yankees go, man, we really should have acquired that, you. That, but you know, so to me, those are the two teams that I'm looking at out of this trade deadline, and I say, you know what, I think these teams that have added the most, and that's what the purpose of the trade deadline is. How about you guys? Who are the teams that stand out to you? I'll just throw in the Yankees again because I do think that Sonny Gray makes an awful lot of sense for them, and the Yankees being buyers bring so much energy to 
their fan base and probably their clubhouse. I think that's a, I think that's a, uh, as long as Gray doesn't fall apart physically, that's a big win for New York. I agree with you, but I'm going to go for a different reason. I look at the Yankees, and the thing to me about this is we're talking about bullpens. The Yankees' bullpen, I know Batances has been too wild, but the Yankees' bullpen... And Chapman's been a little iffy. Right. They, but you look at the, the absolute number of arms that they can throw out there, and it is something where you get to playoff time. And we've seen it now. I mean, we've seen it. We, I think that's part of the reason you see so many of these bullpen arms get traded. One thing, they're cheap when they're rentals. Yes. But the other is is that... it. Yes, there are teams out there who'll do it with two or three because they'll basically just ride Andrew Miller and uh, Cody Allen every night. Right. Hey, Brian Shaw. Man. Yeah, Brian Shaw. Yeah. I mean, those three-man... The three <laughs> Brian Shaw most... pitches a lot. <laughs> but, he pitches a lot. But there is something to be said for having this in just wave where you can yeah, literally... David Robertson, come on down. It Tommy literally Kaley, come can on be. Down. They come postseason with so many off days, they could say, if we get a good four from our starter... We're good. Then they're going to bridge with two innings of Adam Warren. Underrated target. And, 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 by, and by the way, Tanaka's been really good his last few starts. I think yeah. it's a sub three, around a three, five ERA. His last one with 12 Ks. I mean, I mean he's, he's still he's, nine and a half strikeouts per nine and two walks per nine. I mean, right. the guy's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's giving up a lot of home runs. He's like, I, uh, he, he's not, he does not give the, uh, he's not going to give the honor to his torn UCL that it is trying to earn from him. I mean, this guy's. He's really fun to watch pitch with his 35% fastball usage. I mean, so, he, he looks at Lance McCullers curveball usage and says, ah, who needs a fast? Who needs to use their fastball 41% of the time? So we've all talked about American League teams. I, I think my overall Well, the question, National League is pretty boring this year. It's the Dodgers and everybody else, and they're far better than everyone else, right? So, so here's my question, though. <laughs> is there a team that you felt like missed an opportunity to really, really, really get better and just didn't because I look around. Look, the Cubs did something. The Nats did a few things. The Dodgers did something. The Cubs did two good things. Their trade with the Tigers, I thought, was a very smart trade. Yeah. Alex Avila is a nice reserve to have, so he can play first. He can play. He could. He could be your backup catcher, who's not under the age of twenty-five, where both their catchers are. Um, he, he now he is what you're thinking of for Zimmerman. He had 11 home runs in the first two months, and he hasn't hit a home run in a month and a half. And I think he hit 176 with no extra base hits in July. So he's <laughs> he's it's not good for Avila, but he's for a backup catcher. And then Justin Wilson and Jose Quintana, those are two of the better guys you were going to find okay, in this year's trade. You're looking for a lefty reliever, Justin Wilson. I would take over Sean Doolittle. Yes, I, that's a good call. Have, and they could have made the trade. There was nothing that what the Cubs gave up that the Nationals would not have been able to make a trade to get Justin Wilson. But That's possible. It seemed possible. And they've certainly had dealings with the, the Tigers. Those two organizations certainly scout each other. Hey, we'll take your Max Scherzer. You can sign Jordan Zimmerman as a free agent. And yeah, that ticks. That, 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 that bomb's about to explode. <laughs> that, that worked out very well for the Nationals. Maybe that's why Detroit didn't trade with the Washington Nationals. You took our Scherzer. You, know, like, you took our Zimmerman. Didn't work out yeah, for them. I mean, I look around and... I, you know, I don't really see a team. We were talking about the Astros, but you could also argue, you know, I, I don't see a team that we're looking and said, man, this team had a chance to get better, yeah. and they punted I, on it. I feel like I, most teams. Well, the Red Sox. <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, but again, even. Eduardo that, Nunez is your big pickup? That's true. And Addison that's a, Reed. Oh, no, and Addison Reed, right. I was going to say, the problem is, is that if you're the Red Sox, they do not have. If you if you're if you see Rafael Devers as part of your current team, yes, you, you don't have is. anything to offer. You right. They could trade a, a Michael Chavis. They could trade a Jay Groom. But the reality is, is that those are not the guys who are going to bring you the game changer. And if they don't get a game changer, I just know Red Sox Twitter blew up all day over uh, the Red Sox not making big moves in the Yankees. Getting Sunny Gray. Oh yes, and well yes, that is the. So that's the perception. I, I, I hate but to bring it to your Red Sox fans. You didn't have what it was going to take to do that. They don't have anywhere near the Yankees well, farm system. Ronnie Rowdis and uh, Brian Mata wasn't <laughs> yeah. going to get it done. But I, I do, uh, I do think it's amazing. Now we're sleeping on. We just haven't talked about him very much this podcast. The Cubs got the best starting pitcher in my mind who was traded was Quintana. Especially with they, three and a half years of control. Three and a half years of control. They gave up the best prospects of any of the prospects who were traded, and Eloy Jimenez, by far, was the best prospect traded. Um, but they got. I think you could put Justin Wilson as the best reliever who was traded. 
this month. He's up there. That guy's really good. Up to 98, cutter, massive reverse split. Like his, For his career and this year, he annihilates right-hand hitters. He handles left-handers fine, but he annihilates right-hand hitters. Doesn't give up. Now, this year, he has been a little more susceptible to home runs. But you throw that guy, and then Avila was a good veteran. He basically is a good makeup Miguel Montero. Left-handed hitting catcher, past his prime, can handle pitchers, bilingual, and probably would be okay coming off the bench. So and won't you know won't won't, won't, just, won't be, yeah, he'll, no, he'll be throwing he'll like, be much more gracious like in the post game exactly. I might get a ring. Yes, they stole seven more bases off yeah, me today. One, I will one, wear it. One, one other team I want to uh, just highlight real quick is someone who does something small in the margins without giving up much of anything, and I actually can help them. The Diamondbacks. Adam Rosales has actually been a lot better than people realize these last couple of years. Got to watch him up close with the Padres last year, and then this year he's done really well against lefties. He's actually been okay as a shortstop, and they gave they up. need to stop gap. Right. They gave they up nothing, but they need to stop guy. Right. Chris Owings to, and, what and broke his finger. Chris Owings right middle finger, right middle finger fracture on that. And, and Nick Ahmed, Nick Ahmed's broken and hand, not to now on. breathe. I mean, this is you, know, you talk about. It's not big. Those if it's a two weeks where instead of oh crud, we don't have a shortstop. Right. And that that can affect you, especially when you're fighting for a second wild card spot. So I think for the Diamondbacks, I like that move, and I like David Hernandez, who the yeah. Angels picked him up for nothing has been really good. And again, they gave up a guy who's getting lit up in the Northwest League. So even if he becomes good, it's four years down the road. And not many people think he will become good. I mean, they gave up two non-prospects for two guys who yeah. will help them win games at the big league level. And it's that's a smartly run organization right now is yeah. what it is. No, so Diamondbacks um, did, did something small under the radar moves that made them a better team. Certainly helps uh, you be in that position when you're the guy who is making about 35% of your payroll has a good year as opposed to last year, but Zach Greinke being good, Paul Goldschmidt being Paul Goldschmidt, the rest of the team being fairly healthy, uh, makes it where we can talk about them. As And right now, them and the Rockies are five games up in the wild card in the National League over well, It's them and everyone the Brewers. else. I mean, again, the Brewers, you even look at the rosters of talent on the Diamondbacks and Rockies. They're the most talented, I think, of the rest of those NL wild card contenders, just looking at their lineups, looking at the pl- players they have in their, rota- in their rotation bullpen. I mean, they're better players. I think they're in great shape. Yeah, I agree. Well, this was a rollicking podcast. JJ's yawn, uh, yawns, yeah. per, yawns per nine innings have gone have skyrocketed. I think we set a new record for crud references in this podcast. I think I prefer crap, but you're a crud guy, which I, I like. The crud, I always think of the crud as like when you're sick. You got the crud. So, um, I had to, But this might be a record for that reference. So, great stuff. Uh, good podcast, guys. And we want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Today's podcast was sponsored by Baseballism. Visit Baseballism.com for the best apparel in baseball. Enter the code BA2017 and receive 20% off your order. For JJ and for Kyle, I'm John. See you on the next Baseball America podcast. So long, everybody. This concludes our program. Visit BaseballAmerica.com for more podcasts. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.